0: We continue breaking down the long-gone summer with Danny Mack. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers will be back in tomorrow. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, where we're happy to be joined by Kent Bottenfield. He was a Cardinals pitcher in 98-99. and 99. He is now the head baseball coach at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Kent, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm
2: doing well. How's everybody up there?
0: Doing all right. So let's start with this. Did you did you watch the documentary last night? And if so, what'd you think of the way that the ninety eight season was portrayed compared to what it looked like for you as you were on the team?
2: Yeah, I definitely watched it. I wasn't gonna miss that one. And I I really thought they did a good job of capturing, you know, the attitude of everybody, just the whole environment. I thought they did a great job of of capturing the excitement and um and you know, thirty for thirties are usually really, really good. And this one Was just as well.
1: Ken, Dan McLaughlin here. Great to hear your voice. Good to catch up again. I uh, I remember what a great year you had in 99, and Maguire had such a, uh, a famous home run derby at Fenway Park, and you were an all-star that year. And I remember Ted Williams asking Big Mac, can you smell burnt wood? What was it like <laughs> <laughs> with being part of that, that all-star game with McGuire and, and just surrounding Ted Williams and just everything that happened at Fenway Park in 99?
2: Well, I mean that was an amazing event. You know, I'm biased, but I, I think probably one of the greatest all-star events in in certainly the century. But you know, the world got to see what we got to see in St. Louis every day for batting practice. And I mean, it was just just something that he did. He was so so good at what he did that um, it was exciting. The electricity of the ballpark at Fenway was amazing. Um, but it, yeah. Seeing Ted Williams and being there, I was actually right there when that golf cart came around towards the pitcher's mound, but kind of got to you know the world didn't want to see Ken until meet Ted Williams, they, <laughs> you know, Mark McGuire, Sammy, and all those guys, and so uh, I got a chance to hear him, and it was it's pretty amazing. Ken,
0: you talked about the batting practice, and we've heard, I mean, we've talked to so many guys about Maguire's power over the last week or so now, but I want to hear from you as well. You, you played in the 90s, you played through the early 2000s, you've been around the game your entire life. Where does McGuire's power rank for you compared to the guys that you both played with and against?
2: Wow. Um you know, every day, you never got tired of watching him take batting practice because you're always waiting to see whatever stadium you were at, how, how far he was going to hit one or what window he was going to hit it out of in Arizona. Or, <laughs> I mean, it was it was just amazing. I've never seen that combination of bat speed and strength uh, ever. You know, I guess the closest you could say would be Barry Bonds. You know, that when he came by a year later, whenever it was he hit his 73, uh, it was like, that was pretty amazing in itself. But uh, that kind of power and sure bat, uh, bat speed was just incredible. Never seen that.
1: Kent, I always found it interesting being around the club that some guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like they kind of walked on eggshells around McGuire because even they were a little like, wow, that's Big Mac, and, you know, they just
2: kind of left him alone a little bit. Is is that a fair assessment? Do you, Do you agree with that? You know, I think some of that did happen, but that wasn't dictated by Big Mac. I mean, he he was obviously very focused on what he was doing, but he didn't make it all about him. I mean, he tried to do as many things as he could to kind of take the attention away from him. Or he always let us know how grateful he was for, you know, because it was kind of a nuisance. I mean, we're talking about that clubhouse at Bush Stadium there. Um, it wasn't the biggest clubhouse. And they're trying to fit all the media in there, and then they realized, boy, we better get another space where we do this. And, you know, so there there were some inconveniences. I don't think anybody really minded. But he always was looking for a way to say thank you, whether it was after he was, you know, hit 50 home runs three years in a row, he signed an autographed baseball for each one of his teammates or, you know, whatever. So he was great about it, and you could talk to him about anything. But I think us as players, we were in such awe and respect to what was happening that we didn't want to be the one to screw it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're talking to former cardinals pitcher kit bottenfield here on ribs and bk on 101 espn now kent you were involved in what has now become known here locally at least as the jim Edmonds deal and he came mm-hmm. comes over the following season in 2000 and the cardinals kind of take off from there and became what we've all seen over the last 20 years could you tell at the time that the Cardinals were on the verge of doing something special in those early 2000s? Uh, that's,
2: a, that's a that's a tough one to answer. Obviously, um, a great trade. Um, I was personally affected and, and was bothered by it just because I felt like St. Louis was my home at that point and, and had success there and just loved the fans and loved the city. So that was tough for me. I didn't blame them for making it. I mean, who's not going to bring in Jim, Jim Edmonds? Um, and obviously things turned at that point we were having, you know, the two years I was there, there were a fair amount of injuries on the pitching staff. And so it was hard to see what was going to happen, uh, from pitching perspective. But as far as the pitching position players, obviously the talent was there and it all came together and they finally started getting healthy as far as the pitching staff and, and became a really good team.
1: I'm curious, Kent, and and Brandon just mentioned that you pitched in the late 90s and the early 2000s, and it's now, you know, considered widely the steroid era, and you were an all-star, and you had great success. Um, Does that add to uh, how proud you are of your career and the fact that you were able to pitch in that era, do it clean, and to have success?
2: You know, I don't know if I've ever really sat back and thought about that. Certainly at the time... There are always questions swirling around the game. Um, I try not to focus on that. I mean, bottom line was every pitcher that that got out on the mound was facing the same set of circumstances. Definitely it was, if you want to call it live ball, you want to call it steroids, uh, a little more difficult time to pitch and to know that I had success there that, you know, now that you bring it up that way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, but um, not something I've really thought a lot
1: about. Kent, were, were guys also paying attention in the race to what Sammy was doing? So, for instance, if you weren't pitching, you're in the dugout. Uh, at Bush Stadium, as you well know, We, when we were doing the games, we were watching to see if Sosa, we were watching on TV, or we would be watching the scoreboard to see if Sosa had hit one. Were the other players on the, on the team, were you guys watching intently during your games to see if Sosa had hit one that night?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were, really was no way that you couldn't. I mean, we were surrounded by it. Like you said, the Bush Stadium was up on the scoreboard. You know, they were changing the numbers every time somebody hit a home run. So, it was impossible not to. Even when we were in visiting ballparks, there were visiting ballparks that would put stuff up. And so, yeah, I mean, we were keyed in. I think we were probably locked in on that more than even Big Mac mm-hmm. was. I mean, he just was so amazing. I know they covered it last night, and Tony talked about it last night. His focus was Something like I've never seen before in my life.
0: What's going to be your lasting memory of that summer, Kent?
2: You know, just knowing that I took part in one of the greatest spectacles of baseball ever. Um, there was, you know, I got quite emotional a few times last night watching, just remembering certain games and certain situations, uh, the Maris family, just. Um just, just amazing things like that that I'll I'll never forget and just be so thankful I was a part of.
1: What made you emotional about the Maris family? What what came to mind when you saw that?
2: Well, I just think about, you know, how long it had been since since he had set that record and you know, there were times that early on in the season people looked like they were on pace to break it never happened, it looked like it may never happen and just I think probably what made me most emotional about the family, they were just they're good people. Yeah. I mean just so nice, so accommodating, so uh, humble. Uh, just listening to them talk and the interviews they did, and the chance to meet them—they're just they're special people.
0: What was Mac like for being around as a teammate? What for for you? What was what was it like to be around him?
2: I always tell people because you know I get that question quite a bit. And he's really one of the best teammates I've ever had because he, you're talking about a a superstar, world you know world renowned individual, and he never made it about himself. He just didn't. He wasn't. It wasn't a cocky guy. He could joke around with everybody for sure, but he didn't carry himself like he was just some unbelievable individual. He just was a, a just really cool to have as teammate. Very supportive, very encouraging, and like I said, just never made it about himself. Are you still playing music? Uh, not as much. No. Nope. <laughs> trying to focus on winning more ball games just at a different level now
1: are you enjoying that you know i i remember visiting with you and you talked about how coaching would be something you wanted to get into you weren't sure at that time and and now here you are is that something that you're enjoying
2: i tell you what i am it's amazing it is probably the most difficult thing i've ever done you know stepping out on the mound and and pitching and having some control over an outcome is you know it's not easy but you know, coming down here and having 30, 35 players coming from different life views and perspectives and, and uh, trying to bring them all together for one common goal is really difficult, but very rewarding. Uh, catching them at key times in their lives, you know, they need more than just the game and, and they need to get through school. They need to get through life and just to be a part of all that. Very challenging, but I enjoy it and I'm learning more and more about it every year. And I'm, I'm going to be going into my 10th year now.
1: You know, Kent, it's been so sad what's happened with uh, COVID-19 and sports, but specifically what may happen with college baseball. Has it had a trickle-down effect uh, to your program? Because the money will trickle down from college football and the major sports. Um, Has it had an effect at all on your program and what you're doing?
2: Definitely. Uh, You know, we're looking at probably having a roster of 43 this year with the ability to only play 40 games. So that is going to be a little tougher, but we have most of our seniors have elected to come back, and I certainly don't blame them for that, and I look forward to having them back. Um, so that's going to change the dynamic, uh, the fact, you know, budgets. Uh, now, I'm thankful for Palm Beach Atlantic University, incredible university who's on a good financial footing because they've been responsible over the years. You know, sure, we've had some budget cuts, but, you know, it looks like I'm going to be able to, to afford all of our 40 games that we're allowed to play, which is great for the guys uh, so it's this has had effect beyond anything I've ever known before, but I think we're going to be fine.
0: Former Cardinals pitcher Kent Bottenfield joining us here on Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. Last question that I've got for you, Kent. I don't know how much you're still watching Major League Baseball, but we certainly wish we could be watching it here in St. Louis this summer. What's your, what's your read on this current negotiation, and uh, how much do you miss what, being able to watch baseball?
2: well you know and i have been paying attention to it you know however on the outside looking at, at this point it's hard to know all the specifics that are going on but i am highly disappointed you know and, and to me it's always been whether it's a, a contract negotiation between players and owners whatever it is it there's always blame to go around on both sides nobody's nobody's pure in this but this game needs to be played i mean especially now more than ever you see NASCAR getting back. They had some fans, uh, you know, in the in the seats at Homestead, and you're seeing golf getting back, and hockey's going to, and NBA probably going to. And here baseball's dragging their feet, and I'm telling you, it's going to be difficult for fans to swallow this one, uh, you know, because they don't have – it's always about finances, but, you know, from the physical side of things, you're playing in open-air stadiums, you're not, you know, you're not contacting, making contact with other players. People don't understand that hey, get back out on the field is what they want. And I I do miss the game. I want to see the games played. I love the players. I love the game. And I really hope they get this thing put together soon.
0: We do too, Kent. We're hoping that we're able to watch some Cardinals baseball this summer at some point. We certainly appreciate you hopping on with us today. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, we appreciate you sharing some stories from that 98-99 season with us.
2: Absolutely, anytime. Thanks, guys. Geico asks,
0: how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.